What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Muscle Experience. My name is Tyler Egan, and I will be your host. In the modern day world, many humans now believe that the human body is inherently flawed. It is my goal with this podcast to bring you the information to help you with your nutrition and fitness, to help you see what the human body is truly capable of, and to help you win the war within, giving you the ultimate mind muscle experience. Welcome back to the greatest podcast on planet Earth, my friends. Today we have a good one. Actually, we have we have an episode that's probably long past due. Um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about neurotransmitters. This one was a special request, but uh, I probably should have did this a while ago because we talked we've been talking about a lot of things brain related what's going on in the dome piece we've been talking about that a lot lately Uh oh somebody's getting the buzz oh that's not even important anyway um we've been talking about a lot of things brain related in the last few months here so i probably should have discussed this a bit sooner but hey Better late than never. So today we're going to be talking about neurotransmitters. What are they? What do they do? What are some common ones? And what do the common ones do? Because uh, this stuff is like the neurotransmitters are pretty vital for, and, and that's actually probably downplaying it. Um, they're they're very vital for our everyday function. They are what send signals throughout the body. So let's 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 just get into it. All right. Um, neurotransmitters are very simply, our body's chemical messengers. And I have given a simple definition of this in the pet and like other episodes when we've discussed um, neurotransmitters, but that is the simplest way to sum up neurotransmitters. They are the body's chemical messengers. They are molecules used by the nervous system to transmit messages between neurons or for neurons to communicate with muscles. There are three functional classes of neurotransmitters numero uno we have excitatory neurotransmitters these are fast moving neurotransmitters they are very very important ones a couple of examples and looking at this list we've talked about all of them except for one um, a couple of examples of excitatory neurotransmitters are glutamate Acetylcholine, which we talked about in the pre-workout episode, um, dopamine. I, I I think most people know what dopamine is at this point, but we're gonna go into all of these anyway. Um, adrenaline. Oh, hello. Sorry, I have I more recently moved back into my parents' house for the time being, and my family dog just joined me as a special guest. If she could talk. I don't think she would say anything. Anyway, so um, acetylcholine, dopamine, uh, adrenaline, another common one that I believe most people would know, and noradrenaline. And these these excitatory, fast-moving, very important neurotransmitters communicate potent, quick excitations from presynaptic cells to the postsynaptic cells. And these presynaptic cells and postsynaptic cells are their chemical synapses. And they allow neurons to form circuits in the central nervous system. Okay, so these, this communication pathway between these with these neurotransmitters allow neurons 
to send signals throughout the central nervous system. So one way you can easily remember excitatory neurotransmitters, if you really want to, is just to think about the word excite, which means promotes, they promote generation of electrical signals when receiving the neurotransmitter. So they're, they're, they're very exciting things. Like, I mean, if you know what adrenaline is, just think about it. Like you get this like rush of energy. It's exciting, right? Um, these excitatory neurotransmitters, they allow the nervous system to connect to and control systems of the body. All right, so that's the first one, excitatory neurotransmitters. Number two, inhibitory neurotransmitters. These prevent the generation of the electrical charge. So a couple of examples of these are glycine, GABA, which stands for, it's an acronym, which stands for gamma aminobutyric acid, endorphins, and serotonin. Now you're going to notice that a couple of these will be... There'll be in multiple classifications of neurotransmitters. So don't be alarmed. There are some that work as neurotransmitters, and then there's some that work at like, as like neurohormones. Or, or, well, we'll get into it with the last category. Um, okay, so, so an example of inhibitory neurotransmitters, like so let's say you're sleeping, right? And your ears stop working. Well, they're not okay. So actually, let me let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. So let's say you're sleeping, and your ears aren't necessarily working, right? Because you're asleep, you don't like somebody could come in and bang a drum. Let's say you're a heavy sleeper, someone can come in and bang a drum, and you may not hear it. It's not that you're not necessarily hearing it, but your brain is now choosing not to listen. And the balance with inhibitory neurotransmitters and excitatory, or I'm sorry, excitatory neurotransmitters is what allows us when we're sleeping and in other states of being like that to to allow our brain to basically ignore everything in the outside world like when you're asleep you can still smell you can still hear i guess theoretically you can still taste but the thing is you're in a deep sleep you're in if you listen to the um what episode was that the meditation episode we talked about brain waves now you're in more of a, a delta brainwave, so your your subconscious is taking over, and it's not that you're not hearing it, it's not that you're not smelling anything, it's that your brain has chosen not to listen, and that's what this balance of inhibitory neurotransmitters to the excitatory neurotransmitters really does. It allows us to rest, recover, and not have to depend on all the senses all the time. Now the last. The last classification of neurotransmitters is something a little bit different. It's not like a, it's not just a neurotransmitter, and this is what I was referring to earlier in the episode when I said you'll notice some some crossovers here, because this last one is the last classification are neuromodulators. They're not absorbed nearly as quickly. So inhibitory and excitatory. Man, why am I like? Pardon me once to say exacitatory, but I know that's not the word, it's excitatory. Um, so both excitatory and inhibitory neurotransmitters are fast moving neurotransmitters. Now neuromodulators are not absorbed nearly as quickly. They spend more time in the cerebrospinal fluid and influence other neurons in the brain. They're also neurotransmitters 
from both categories of inhibitory and excitatory. Okay, so let's recap real quick because uh, now we're going to get into some of the more common ones and I'll break those down a little bit. So to recap, there are really two types of neurotransmitters and then a third classification which is a little bit different because they're not always neurotransmitters. Um, so we have the fast-moving excitatory neurotransmitters, we have the fast-moving inhibitory neurotransmitters, and then we have the neuromodulators, which can make up both categories. But remember, they're slower moving. They're not absorbed nearly as quickly. So when it comes to the, the ex excitatory and then inhibitory neurotransmitters, we've talked about some of these topics as well before. Some things that fall under these classifications of neurotransmitters are catecholamines, which are things like norepinephrine and epinephrine or adrenaline or and noradrenaline and dopamine and then amino acids which are proteins basically it, protein is a, is a is made up of a collection of amino acids i believe there's 20 11 non-essential meaning our body can produce it on its own and then nine essential meaning we have to get it through diet or supplementation because we cannot physically our body cannot produce synthesize those amino acids. So these amino acids can make up, um, they can fall within the realm of these neurotransmitters. And honestly, some amino acids actually lead to the production of neurotransmitters, which we discussed in, I don't even know how many episodes. As an example, serotonin is a perfect one. So you eat something that's high in tryptophan, let's say peanut butter, or I'm pretty sure most uh, nuts are high in tryptophan, which is an, amino, an essential amino acid, meaning our body cannot produce it, right? So we take tryptophan, we eat a jar of peanut butter. I would totally do this. Uh, you eat a jar of peanut butter and you're getting, you know, I'm pretty sure one serving of peanut butter has like eight grams of protein, something like that. So of that eight grams of protein, you got X amount of tryptophan. Well, your body consumes the tryptophan, converts it into uh, serotonin, which then converts it into melatonin, and then we sleep and we repeat and we do all the good stuff, all right? So now let's talk about some of the common neurotransmitters. So we have things like dopamine, serotonin, we have acetylcholine, um, we have noradrenaline and, or norepinephrine, we have adrenaline or epinephrine, we have gamma, gamma amino butyric acid, uh, we have glutamate or glutamic acid. So these are just a couple of the common ones I decided to to cover because they're the ones that seem to have come up the most. GABA was the one exception, but I was fascinated by this one. So we discussed it. So dopamine, what does dopamine? That's a pretty common one these days. Dopamine is very important for the brain and body. It supports our reward regulation. So this is why it's like when it comes to food, and honestly, anything that you look at as a quote-unquote reward, it's not, it's so demonized these days, but it's a natural thing. Our uh, reward, our hu human reward system that is carved within our DNA is fairly, well, normal. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to find, you're going to try to find ways to reward yourself. You're going to try to find ways to, to, to pleasure yourself. I mean, dopamine connects us to the pleasure center of the body. So, it's, it's a natural thing. It's it's not necessarily a bad thing to reward yourself with food per se. And look, don't fucking take my word for it. Look at it however you want. But it's more about understanding it and, and not being dictated by it. You know, because 
What least what else releases dopamine? Well, fucking heroin does. And just because releasing dopamine is not is a natural part of our human evolution doesn't mean you should be doing heroin, right? All right, so dopamine supports reward regulation and connects to the pleasure center of the body. It's an important one. We get it from everything these days, guys, like everything. Food gives you that dopamine release. Back in the day, that's how we survived. That's what kept us going. That's what gave us that push to go find more food and stay the fuck alive. So it's important to understand this. Like we get dopamine releases from social media. One thing I've been telling myself lately to get myself off my phone at night before bed is like, oh, look at you going to grab your phone to get a little dopamine hit because you might get a notification or something like that. It's just understanding it. That's all. Okay, next up, another common, another common one we talked about, serotonin. Serotonin is a mood regulator. It, its role is in a range. It, it plays a role in a range of neuropsychological things. If you remember throwing it all the way back to episode one slash two slash three, somewhere in there, we discussed the gut microbiome and, and dysbiosis, things like that. If you remember from that, 90 to 95% of our serotonin, which is that mood regular, that feel-good hormone, is stored within the intestine of the gut. It modulates hormonal and endocrine activities. So it's important to not have good, only have good gut health for numerous other reasons because of this. Because serotonin, the majority of it is stored there. And it helps regulate motor function, pain receptors, and appetite. Um, like I said earlier, it's the precursor to it. Again, because it's like not necessarily amino acids can, can convert into these things. Uh, is tryptophan. So we, we consume tryptophan via food, a conversion to serotonin, which is a conversion to melatonin, and both of these, melatonin and serotonin, are vital for our everyday function. Next up, acetylcholine. One I've just been, like, I think it's one of the more common ones that's been well-known for some time, but one I've been learning a lot more about lately, and it's so cool. It's so fucking cool. Okay, so acetylcholine, its main function is within muscle contraction. So it helps with the voluntary contraction of your muscles. It plays a part in scheduling our dream state while sleeping also. So um, how do we get more acetylcholine into the brain? How do we get that neurotransmitter to fire? Well, you can supplement. A lot of pre-workouts are coming out with these days. Um, if you if you want to learn more about that, check out the pre-workout episode. Uh, but choline is also found in food. It's found in foods like broccoli. Um, I believe it's in eggs if you're into that thing. And a bunch of other dark leafy greens. So... Make sure you're getting your choline. I mean, another reason why your dark leafy greens are fucking important. So cheers, because I'm going to take a sip of water. I hope everyone's staying hydrated out there. I mean, for real, because it's important. Anyway. Anyway. All right. So next up, we have noradrenaline or norepinephrine. Um, when the when this is released into the body, it springs the body into action. So it, it creates that alertness. Uh, adrenaline and noradrenaline are the, now if you listen to the neuroplasticity episode, you see, you guys see how this all comes full circle. I discussed the, the, the stress hormones or, or the, uh, the fight or flight state, the fight or flight hormones. These are it, adrenaline and noradrenaline, but they're not a bad thing. The issue is just living your life in that constant state of fear. So when this, like I said, when this is released, we our body springs into action. It creates a increased level of alertness and, and or wakefulness. 
um, like I said, it's it's the fight or flight response. So the brain gets aroused or alert. It promotes vigilance. It it helps retrieve memory or or the formation of memory at that. And it can also, like I said, increase anxiety or or stress. So when it's released into the when it's I'm sorry when it's released, it goes into our blood flow and then it goes into the skeletal muscle. So, and that's just a short list of how vital this, this, uh, neurotransmitter is. So like when we take, I'm pretty sure caffeine releases this neurotransmitter. That's why when you take a pre-workout, it can cause you to, that's, that's why caffeine realistically can cause you to be in a stressed out state because it releases adrenaline, noradrenaline, these fight or flight hormones, these, these, these stress responses, and the thing is, you gotta, and maybe this is just more of a personal opinion, but you gotta learn to harness it and like read redirect your energy. A friend was explaining this to me a few weeks back. You gotta redirect that energy. So like, you take your your pre workout, you drink your coffee, you get a little anxious, and it's like, okay, what are you anxious about? Figure it out. Understand why you're feeling that way in the first place. Understand yourself, and take that energy and just put it towards something else. So if you're mad that like your fucking coworker just keeps telling you you're fat. Well, your coworker's a dick, but take that stress that you're getting from work because of this and then redirect it right into those fucking weights and just get swole. And I'm not saying get angry. I'm just saying use that to fuel your workout, all right? Next up, next up, guys, also totally, totally going to veer off topic here for a second. So like I said, I, I moved out of PA. I'm back in with my parents for the time being, and I'm in like a little – I'm in a different room now. I don't know how this stuff sounds, so if the quality – if something sounds off, let me know so I can make some adjustments. Um, also, let me know what you think of the new intro. I'm trying some new things out. I've gotten some feedback lately, and all I want to do is put on – I want to bring the most value to you guys without realistically – Let's be real. Let me be real with myself without shoving my own opinions down your throat. Okay, so just let me know what you think of everything. Let me know if there's any improvements I need to make. Okay, so back into it. Adrenaline. Oh, this one. Someone told me I'm, I was an adrenaline junkie the other day. They're probably right. It's probably why I'm addicted to caffeine. Another one of the fight or flight responses. Um, I feel like most people have a good idea of this one, but um, we're going to talk about it anyway. Another one, like noradrenaline, it increases blood flow, which allows us to get more blood flow to the muscles, i.e. get that sick fucking pump, baby. Come on, if you're going to hit arms today, whether you're a guy or girl, don't you want to look swole? Don't you want to look thick? Well, if you don't, then more more for me. Um, It also increases your blood pressure. So if you have high blood pressure, you might want to lay off the caffeine. You know what I mean? But that's why it's good to understand what these things are, what they do, how they affect the brain, especially something like caffeine where it's so demonized, but it's such an amazing tool if you understand, well, one, where your own health is at and how it is affecting your brain, then you can easily harness that power. I used to be one who used to say I was caffeine sensitive. Now I consume way too much of it, but I've learned how to control it, and I've learned how to control my own thoughts way better. Okay. So, adrenaline's also been used to restart the heart 
and has been used for allergic reactions. Funny story, I didn't know this a couple years back, and I went to go visit a friend when he moved, and a bee got into his house, and he's like, yo, all right, because we couldn't, it actually was like two wasps, and he's like, all right, so I'm like deadly allergic to, to wasp. So here's my EpiPen. If anything happens, just fucking jam it into my face. He didn't really say that. I'm just uh, exaggerating for dramatic effect now. But um, I was like, what? What does this do? And now that I understand all more, it's like, huh, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. So adrenaline, another fight or flight response. It increases blood flow to the muscles. Get that pump. Increases your blood pressure too, so that's why you got to be careful. And it can be, it's been used to restart your heart. They use it in medicine. It's a beautiful thing. You know where they get, they found out where it's from? Within the body. Amazing shit, guys. Okay, so just understand these noradrenaline and adrenaline a bit better. So we get this alertness, but it can also be caused from stress, right? It can lead to stress. Well, stress is not necessarily a bad thing. That fight or flight response is important to understand because what do we do when we train? We we are stressing the body. We are stressing the muscles, so it's important to get this stuff. And and these these fight or flight responses, these fight or flight hormones, the the stressful hormones are important. They they are important for balance. You can't just be, you know, shooting up serotonin all day and expecting life to be perfect. Just not that way. One, if you're if you're looking to increase your levels of adrenaline or noradrenaline, L-tyrosine is the amino acid you're looking for. Another ep- another another t- amino acid we discussed in the blah, 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 pre-workout episode you see all this stuff comes full circle i'm blown away by this that's why i keep saying it um l-tyrosine converts in it's a, it turns into a catecholamine i.e adrenaline or noradrenaline and it stores in the body for when we need it later it's amazing it's in foods just you know i actually didn't write any foods down but just google what foods have l-tyrosine or you can just put tyrosine t-y-r-o-s-i-n-e Really, you're seeing it in a lot more pre-workouts too because of the neurotrophic effects that we get or the neurological effects we get from it. Okay, so next up, a new one we haven't discussed before, GABA, gamma amino butyric acid. Another another amino acid here, ladies and gentlemen, another amino acid. It inhibits certain brain functions and decreases activity in the nervous system. So GABA actually attaches to GABA receptors and it produces a calming effect and can help with feelings of anxiety or stress. Um, the more I'm looking into supplements and stuff like that, not necessarily to take, but just to understand the what's in them, how it affects the body, what's going on, why are they using it? Like I just I want to know everything. Um, this this one is in a lot of like sleeping supplements along with melatonin now melatonin we don't really want to consume i mean look if you want to do it by all means you're going to knock out sure but is your body going to be able to produce it on its own later i don't know um but gab on the other hand may actually have some research behind it to help with sleep and anxiety and stress so it might be worth looking into um a lot of foods that contain this are fermented foods things like kimchi tempeh which i eat often which is why i sleep like a baby when i actually try and I'm not working my face off. And by working my face off, sometimes I mean like staring at my phone for no reason. So another thing is miso, which I believe is another fermented soy product. Blah, 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 blah. Another fermented soy product. Um, GABA also plays a 
vital role in the production of gluten, or I'm sorry, it plays a vital role in, in our gut health. So again, another thing that's important, remember how we talked about in the, the gut microbiome episode about how the brain and the gut are connected? Well, if you didn't know that, now you do, and you should go check out that episode, episodes two and three. Um, so it can be converted from glutamine or glutamic acid uh, which is in mushrooms, nuts, tomatoes, things like that. Nothing crazy. But glutamic acid can actually convert into GABA, which, you know, like I said, helps with stress, anxiety, has a calming effect on us. Next up is glutamic acid or glutamate. This is a chemical that is used for the nerve cells. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This episode's actually going on a bit longer than I thought. Let me restart that. It is a chemical that we use for nerve cells or nerve cells used to send to other cells. So it is most abundant, it's the most abundant excitatory neurotransmitter in the vertebrae nervous system. It accounts for well over 90% of those synaptic connections in the brain that we talked about. Remember what synaptic connections are? Oh man, I am referencing so many episodes today. This is exciting. I don't, I don't know if I can really put into words how exciting this is for me, because it's so cool to see everything I've discussed go full circle. Synaptic connections are what form in the brain when we learn new information. So, apparently, from the research I did, overconsumption can be a thing when it comes to glutamate or glutamic acid. I think it's one of the more common supplements out there as far as a standalone supplement. Um, a couple of things you want to look out for because not all glutamate is created equal. Like many things in the food supplement industry when it comes to health, human beings in all of their infinite glory decided to play God with something they knew nothing about. So we created monosodium glutamate, which is a food additive which helps with shelf stability. And um, a lot of anecdotal studies have shown really, really bad things when it comes to this. It's not good for us, not good for our long-term health, gut health, anything to that effect. I thought there was something else I was going to say in that regard, but apparently not. But so monosodium glutamate, not the same as regular glutamate. So if you're buying a supplement, I don't know if that comes in supplement form or it's just for food additives or it's just used as a food additive. But keep your eyes peeled, guys. This is why reading the ingredients is an important thing. I got to be honest. I never did until I went vegan because then I was like, you know, I don't want gelatin or, or dairy or any of that shit in there. It turns out there's a lot of things we don't really want in there. So... Um, oh, ah, two, uh, sorry. So I totally forgot to share this one fact about GABA. I have like a star next to it and I glanced right over it. Okay, so actually when it comes to GABA, it's also been shown to modulate the release of human growth hormone and it's important for the synthesis of melatonin. That's it. That's makes so much more sense. That's why it's in um, sleep supplements so much more. I can't believe I glossed over that. That's an important fact. So when we're sleeping, that is when the majority, if I'm not mistaken, the majority of our human growth hormone is released. And that is an anabolic hormone that allows the recovery of our muscles. So, you know, you're training hard in the gym. If you're not sleeping, your body's not releasing human growth hormone. If your body's not re releasing human growth hormone, you're not growing 
like a hormone. No. So how else I going to say that? You're not growing like a human. You're probably not growing at all. So it's important to, now you see, to reference the sleep episode to get that sleep. Not not for 15 hours, you know, six to eight, but quality sleep. So we can release that human growth hormone, um, which GABA plays a vital role in. And it's also important for the synthesis of melatonin. Hmm. That makes way more sense why it's in so many sleep supplements these days. So guys, that's going to be the episode. Uh, wow, holy poop. 20, it's actually probably about 28 minutes this time. Usually an episode like this would be about 25, 20, no, 24, 25. Because I, have, I had the intro, which was way too long, and the national anthem. But now, they got solid, ooh. We got a solid 28 minutes of just nonstop information and your boy, Tyler Egan. So guys, if you guys took anything from this episode, if you learned anything, if you want to learn more about neurotransmitters, let me know. Let me know because I think I'm going to do an episode on neurohormones or neurochemicals, talk about maybe some um, eating disorders within that effect, with, oh, talk about some... Um, mental health issues when it comes to that kind of stuff because neurochemicals are fucking important. And, you know, just from this episode alone, like the neuromodulators are, some of them are neurochemicals. So they, they go, again, it all comes back. It all plays a role. I mean, if you didn't notice from this episode, I referenced, let's see, the gut microbiome episode, the sleep episode. We talked about the meditation episode where we discussed brain waves. We talked about neuroplasticity. I mean, we we referenced so many episodes in this this particular one that this is this is how vital this stuff is. I mean, acetylcholine itself alone is responsible for voluntary muscle contractions. I mean, if you don't get enough acetylcholine, this is the way I'm picturing it, and I could be I could be viewing it wrong. But if you're not getting enough acetylcholine, which the precursor is choline, which is found in food, um, maybe, in my head, this makes sense. You can't, the reason most people can't actually control a lot of their movement, maybe they're a little bit more clumsy, if you will, is because they're they're not getting enough of that, not enough choline, they're not getting enough acetylcholine, they're not getting that neurotransmitter to fire in the brain. So they don't actually have that voluntary control of the muscles. So, I mean, it makes sense in my head, but the, guys, these are so important. I mean, I've talked about serotonin, fuck, I don't know, like 25 times now. So, guys, if you took anything from this, if you want to learn more, let me know. Let me know what exactly you want to learn more about. If not, I'm just going to have a blast with it because I am. So, guys, leave a rate and review on iTunes if you took anything from this. Please share the episodes on social media, all the normal stuff, and I will check you guys out in the next episode. Push Peace. myself to my limits, I'm in it to win it. Forget the beginning, it's now that you're living. Don't be forgiven, don't fear what you're missing. A mind like a killer, you need to be driven.